Eagles Entertainment. The journey to the draft is driven by AAA. AAA, roadside is their strong side. Make AAA a part of your game day today. AAA, go ahead. With the 21st pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and... The final day of workouts at the NFL Scouting Combine is in the books as the defensive backs worked out on Sunday afternoon into the early evening. We're going to welcome in Chris McPherson. We're going to break it all down, what we saw from the corners and the safeties on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium. We're going to do that after we catch up with one of my favorite people in the business, really on planet Earth, and that's NFL Network Analyst. You've heard him on Fox. You've heard him on EA Madden Sports. Charles Davis joins the show. We caught up with him on Radio Row to talk about some of these top defensive backs in this draft class. We saved the interview for today purposely to pair with the defensive back workout. So we'll hit on that at the very top with Mr. Relevant. We've got pick six. We'll pick six defensive backs that really helped themselves with their workout on Sunday. Draft Buzz, we'll put a ribbon on all the rest of the workouts that we saw on Sunday afternoon. We got a question from you at home as well for our draft mailbag. At the very top, before I get into it, again, just a quick reminder, go on to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Journey Survey. Quick way to help the show out, make it better, help us improve it moving forward, not just in the spring, or but into the fall, into next season, and really just trying to make the show better for you guys at home. So if you have a few minutes, just go on to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Journey Survey. You can hit the link right on your phone. In the episode description, you can go to my Twitter page, at FDuffy3. We do it all at all three locations. You can see uh, where that survey is. Really appreciate everybody that has already taken a couple minutes to do just that. All right. Let's get to the top of the show. It's time for Charles Davis and Mr. Relevant. It's time for Mr. Relevant. Really happy to welcome back to the Journey of the Draft podcast, driven by AAA, our friend, Charles Davis. Charles, welcome back to the show. Fran, thanks for having me. I can't believe you keep letting me come back. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you ignore all the viewer mail and every, <laughs> you know, the listener mail and, and tweets and everything, and you still let me come back. You are a good man. You were on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast a couple weeks ago. Had we a caught blast. Up Shrine game. That's the, right. And, West. And, everyone, and everyone loved it. That was uh, a great episode. So we were like, we got to get okay. him back on and bring him back for Journey. If the world didn't spin off its axis, we're good. <laughs> Well, we're bringing you on to talk about uh, DB play. Yeah. All right. So, and look, the uh, the defensive backs they work out uh, on Sunday. Um, different schedule this year. What are your thoughts on the uh, the new schedule, real quick? Doesn't it feel like the draft? Yeah. Except it does. there's except there's actual movement. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. Because you could you do this every year, right? Yep. This feels like the draft to me because it's all day long to get to. The actual event. Sure, right. So now for us, we're all going to be doing pre-shows and all sorts of stuff. And then the actual event is like, oh, we're just now starting? Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's what it's going to be like. So, look, more eyeballs, yep. more attention for the league. Who am I to complain about that? Sure. Now, if I'm a restaurateur in town, I know. I'm not that's real thrilled. Rough. I know. The economy because, is going to be hard a little because bit. Because we're all going to St. Elmo's and all the other places to eat. Yep. But now, guess what? We're not going to be able to because we're going to be here. But... Hey, that's the way it goes. Shrimp cocktail for lunch every day. Hey, finally. (laughs) Hey, you get that shrimp cocktail, that horseradish, it'll cure all that ails you. All all your sinuses clear for the full year until you come back next year. Um, All right, so let's talk talk corners. All right, we know that the top corner in the class, Jeff Akuda, stud, top 10 pick, top five pick, should be. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how isn't it amazing that he wasn't that guy until, yeah, right? That's what happens. That, how many times have we seen that at yeah, Ohio State? It's all the time. It's too often. Amazing. So, um, so 
Let's go to the next tier, guys. Yep. And I want to start with uh, a personal favorite of mine, Trevon Diggs. Ah, uh, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on Trevon Diggs and what you've seen from him at Alabama? Smart kid listening to his head coach. Mm, yeah, making the mean, switch mean, over. Meaning Nick Saban saying, yeah. you know, I think you need to flip it over and be a defensive back. And yep. it's hard to convince a wide receiver to make yeah. that move because they're used to that action being around them. Sure. And they're used to creating the action, not reacting. Right, yep. And that's a lot of trust that goes into that. Well, that's a good move for him. And mm. I think that he's better closer, meaning up on someone. Right. I think that's where he plays the best because yep. I just wonder a little bit about long speed. Yeah. Just a little. We'll get that question answered you this know? week, hopefully. And we're going to find out when, yeah. he gets, when he lines up and runs that 40. And that's going to be a big 40 for him. Right. But I love his aggressiveness. I love the way that he plays. And I like how he answered the challenge. Yeah, and then they obviously look. A lot of people will say, oh, former receiver, he plays the ball well in the air. That's not always the not case. Not always the case. He plays the ball really well He in the really air. does. Uh, and isn't it funny? Because remember Marlon Humphrey? That was a big question no of him question. coming out, yep. right? Yep. He's adjusted fairly he's, well. He's, he's adjusted very well. Um, Let's get over to another guy in the SEC, C.J. Henderson. Ah, yeah. Dude, he is so <laughs> lightning fast, but, like, ridiculously fluid. Yes. He's, a, he's a fun guy to study. And strong. Yeah, no question. Now, was he? Was it, did he weigh in? I, 202? He has, he has, yeah. I, I I'm hearing he's going to be over 200 okay, pounds. That's big. And that's a big corner. Yep. But I'm with you on that. The fluidity, the ability to change direction the arrogance that he plays mm. with, and that mean that in the most positive yep. sense, because to be a corner, you got to have some arrogance to you. Yeah. The arrogance to his game, but yet he's not doing the woofing. He's not doing all that other stuff. He's just playing. Yep. And he tackles. Right. I like this kid a lot. In fact, I was coming through the Atlanta airport the other day, and a guy, I guess, recognized me or whatever, a TSA agent, and right. he said, yo, bro, who's best corner in the draft? <laughs> and I said, I think Akuda from Ohio State. Bro, you don't know, man. It's CJ. Uh -huh. It's CJ. You don't know. And I was like, well, maybe you should take my job. Right, He's yeah. like, I should. I said, okay, we're good. I'm going to keep going Can I get on now. my plane now? I'm going to keep going now. But that just tells you the esteem he's held by people. Right. And when you hear Todd Grantham, his defense coordinator, says the best corner he's coached. Because yeah, right. remember, for people out there, if you don't know Todd Grantham, what does he do, Fran? Blitz is like mad, right? Yep. Comes off the bus blitzing, which means your corners are. They better be man-to-man -man people. Yeah. They better be able to hold up. And for him to have that praise, that speaks volumes to me. One of my favorite things to do here in Indianapolis, I do it at the Senior Bowl as well, is talk to these guys and say, who's the toughest guy you faced one-on-one? -on -one? Right. A number of receivers, SEC, ACC, yeah. Big 12, C.J. Henderson. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the questions about him, oh, is he tough? Can he defend the run? Don't worry about that. That competitiveness shows up in coverage with C.J. Henderson. It really so, does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. I love that because I was watching him on tape the other day, and what showed about competitiveness, I counted, I think, three or four plays when I was watching where it looked like a catch, right. but because of his competitiveness, he wouldn't allow the play to end. Yep. And he just kept raking, and, and the ball came out. Dude, you know who's like that as well as uh, Jeff Gladney? Yes, TCU. from different TCU. Body type, different body type. But he's another guy that I think is going to be in that first, second round discussion uh, as one of these top corners off the board. I agree, and I'm glad you brought that up because there was a play Gladney played Texas Tech, yeah. I think it was. You remember when he came to the outside of the receiver, breaks at the football, actually pins it against the receiver essentially, and yeah. then it falls into his arms and he takes it all the way the other way. 
that I had to rerun. I had to rewind that one a few times. Sure, that was really impressive. But you're right about that. Plus, I think he reads combinations pretty well he in does. zone. He's very I think, I think, I think when he sees things in zone and he can see it. And and he triggers and mm. goes. Plus, he tackles. No, no He's question. another one to tackle. He's a smaller guy, but I'll tell you, like the the game I watched TCU it was the first game I watched from this year, and he's matched up on Colin Johnson. Colin yeah. Johnson's like six five and a half. He's, I mean, that's like seven eight ten inches, like a, a huge huge difference in size. He didn't back down like Not at all. an inch. It was a lot of fun to watch that tape. It really was, it's wasn't it? Juices, I yeah. just feel like he's got that bulldog in him. Yep. But I'm with you on his movement skills. Uh, I love the way he comes up and makes plays in the running game or yep. triggers in the pass game when they show to throw a lot of those bubble sure. screens yep. and, and inside things, and he'll come in and make a play. Mm. Where are you at on uh, A.J. Terrell, the kid from Clemson? Oh, man, I like him a lot because I think that he's his speed game is there, always has been. I think he's another guy that triggers yep. really fast. So, so my next thing is, can you double move him? Right. Yep, right. Sure. That, that would be the thing I would I would be concerned with if if there is one. Mm. But I'd much rather have a guy who triggers most of the time, and I'll give up an occasional double move. Yep. And again, in the run game, pass game, how many times did you see Fran on tape him get underneath things? He moves, still at, plays. He, he moves at a different speed coming downhill. Like it's not like he comes in a little tentative. I mean, he, he flies. He's, he's coming in. Once hot, he yeah. makes a decision, he goes. And the other part is, I don't know if I'm sure you saw this, and, and I just want to make sure I'm seeing it correctly. Downfield matching a receiver, right? What we call getting in phase. Yep, sure. And when that ball arrives, he may have his back to it, but he makes a play. Yep. He reads that well, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. The only, the, I think that people are kind of sleeping on him right now because of the, of the national title game, and it's just a bad taste in people's mouth. Yeah. I mean, LSU, I mean, it was it was a bad game. It was like snowballed on him quick. I'm and just glad I wasn't over there because <laughs> that thing got out of hand in a hurry, didn't it? And <laughs> right. they made, look, they made really good teams yeah. look really bad. Yep. They were, by the end of the season, it was ridiculous. Yeah, no, uh, Terrell, he's, he's a good player. He's a he's really a, good player. I think player. a lot of people uh, kind of sleeping on him. And, and, and don't forget, he's the one that blew up in that first national championship game. No when, question. When, when he made that big play against Tua. Sure. Well, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, he's great. He's been a great blitzer throughout yeah. his career. He had a that's the other thing. That game too. And, and they were and, – and, Brent Venables will bring people from distance. Oh, yeah. They, they don't all sneak inside no. where you can read. He's lined up on that slot, and that slot could be well removed. Yep. The next thing you know, he's come screaming at the quarterback. Comes in hot, man. He comes in hot, and he, he does a great job getting the ball down uh, down on the ground. Last guy I want to ask you about. Uh, we talked about his teammate, uh, Akuda. Damon Arnett oh, is, a, is an man. interesting player, man. I, I watched him over the summer and thought, like, this guy, he's going to be a top three corner in the league, yep. like, in terms of he'll be a starting corner. He'll be a starter. I thought he got better this year. Like uh, this, even I, with a cast on. Yeah, this is a good player. Really yeah. competitive. Like, and, and and he listened to the advice to stay in school, right. which I think it, it really benefited him because yeah. he could have come out last yeah, year and made a team and worked his way through. But I think he's going to come in with such confidence now mm. because it. All year he was the other corner. Right. So people were like, well, we better leave Akuda alone. Let's go try this kid. Sure. And didn't get a whole lot of love on that side, did no they? And yeah. and I think that he's physical really physical and I think he likes to beat people up yep. and he likes to be in contact with receivers I feel like that's his, that's his favorite part of the thing I want to ask you last question two safeties in the SEC Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit oh. uh, seem like they're in that first round mix how do you compare and contrast those two guys when I watch Xavier when I saw Xavier McKinney I think that because until they prove it I probably don't shouldn't give it to him mm. poor man's Cam Chancellor right okay Striker, man. Police is the area. Yep. If you want to come over there, that's yep. at your own peril now. Oh, yeah. Blitzer, 
How yep. many plays did you see him make in the play. backfield? LSU game. I mean, oh. was, he got after Burrow. Oh, that was, that didn't was one he? Of the best thing he did. How yep. about that? Yep. And, and even in the run game, yeah. you know, if he's just if he's near the line of scrimmage, I think he uses his hands well. I yeah. saw him ward people off. I really like him that way. I think he can play back a little bit, I but think I so think too. he's better. I think he's better closer. Yep. Delpit, I absolutely love. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Eric Reed coming okay. out in this way. They often launch on the tackle right. in college. Feast or famine. And miss. Yep. I think if he just comes to balance, yep. he's going to be an excellent tackler. Because he, he's not like an athletic not limitation. Like, no, no, he's zero. got him. Yeah. Zero of those. But once he comes to balance and makes those plays, he's going to be something. And I really think he's a heck of a player. I mean, so the, And don't forget, he played hurt most of this year. Sure. His better tape, I thought, was last year. Like It's possible that a guy is going under the radar, just won the Thorpe Award, top DB in the country. Yeah, like, I mean, because people are, you know, Okuda still ticked off that he didn't. <laughs> how did he get the Thorpe Award? <laughs> and I understand it, but Delpit right. had three years of, of yeah. buildup for it. But he played hurt a lot last year. Yep. year so I know he's tough yep. that's not an issue for him I thought his tape the year before was even better well Charles excited to watch these guys work out appreciate you joining us here on the journey of the draft podcast driven by AAA thanks Fran I appreciate it now it's time for pick six Always fun to be able to catch up with uh, Mr. Charles Davis uh, as I welcome in Chris McPherson. Uh, one of I know one I I don't want to speak for you, but one of our favorite. You go people, for it, period. yeah. I mean, he certainly can. He's the best. He's Mr. Relevant all the time. Yes. Phenomenal job on Madden. Great analyst for NFL and Fox games and knows his stuff when it comes to a draft. It's all year round. Charles delivers. So yeah, he's so great to have him on the podcast. Absolutely. So uh, CMAP, we're going to talk through uh, the six defensive backs that. For the talk of the town here, the last night in Indianapolis, we're recording this uh, from our producer, Peter Kelly, his hotel room <laughs> here before we leave for the airport in the morning. Who are the six guys that everybody in Indianapolis now is buzzing about? I'm going to get let you get the first shot of Ooh, it. Ooh, so kind of you yes. here on the, on the last night uh, in Indianapolis. How about C.J. Henderson, the cornerback? He was outstanding. Out of Florida. Let's, let's start with the timing drills. 4-3-9 in the 40. 37-and-a-half-inch vertical. 127 in the broad. Great numbers across the board to start things off. Let's go to the positional drills, okay? Fluid in moving his hips. The one drill, I'll call it the triangle drill, where it tests your change of direction ability in a tight space as well as the ability to flip your hips. Absolutely aced it. In the gauntlet drill, Friend, I know you're not a big fan of the gauntlet drill for defensive backs. But it's, just, it's a cool, like, it's like icing on the cake. Like That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, to me, it wasn't like, a, oh, man, I really need this guy to do well here. Um, but it was nice to see them do well. But he would glide when he catched it. Very natural in that drill as well. Just every single drill, good rep, great rep, made it look easy, so fluid, easy mover. You can see why people think that, okay, Jeff Okuda is pretty much the consensus number one corner in this draft class. I think the number two spot was on the line here in Indianapolis, and at least to try to you know break the tie with some of these drills, C.J. Henderson put himself in very, very, very good position with his workout here in Indianapolis. I'm going to give us a little bit of a sneak peek here. I thought that there were three Ooh. corners, C-Mac, that – really kind of set themselves apart in the position drills. Uh, guys that I thought there was one tier of the guys that were just outstanding. C.J. Henderson was at the top of that list. Uh, we're going to hit the other two in this segment. So C.J. Henderson was the first one. I'm going to go to the safety spot, though. I'm going to go to Jeremy Chin, the safety from Southern Illinois. 6'3", 221 pounds, ran a 4.45 in the 40-yard dash. Good number, great number when you consider the fact that he's over 220, okay? Big boy, yeah. Big boy. 138 inches in the broad, 41 inches in the vert. Freak show numbers, okay? 
Then he goes to the position workout. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was really good across the board. Um, some reps were a little bit better than others, but never had a didn't have a bad rep on the day that I thought, from my eyes, uh, in the defensive back drills. I thought he was really good. This is a guy that's got corner experience. We've talked about him uh, going back to the Senior Bowl, uh, where we got to see him up close, and I thought he did a really good job in one-on-one drills. Jeremy Chin, I thought, was really, really impressive here in Indianapolis. The testing was really good. I thought the positional workout really matched that as well. Thought in the positional drill was showed a good job. Job, the ability to track the football. Yep. Uh, the W drill, you know, quick change of direction. Thought it was a solid in that. Very good. You know, Deuce Daly, we talked about the Deuce Daly drill. There was a Terrell Austin, there were actually two Terrell Austin drills. I think there were three. There were three of them? Yeah, I think so. So I thought they maybe just did a couple reps in the one, yeah. but uh, nonetheless was very, very good. And again, those are just quick change of direction. Uh, ball comes on him quickly, so it shows the ability to be able to catch the ball, change on the dime, and was very good. And when you consider the size, that's one of the questions you would have. And the other thing, when you go to the timing and testing and explosive drills, he was putting on a show with the broad and the vertical jump. It's one of those guys who had everyone else buzzing when he was taking his turn with the broad jump and the vertical jump. Yeah. In fact, just overall, the safety group at the end was so much fun. It was a fun group Because they brought the juice. And now at this point, most people in Indianapolis from the scouting, coaching standpoint, a lot of people are trying to get out of town. Okay, it's the last workout. It's been a long week for everyone. This group brought the juice, and it ended in, in spectacular fashion. We could talk about that later on as we go through the pick six here. But uh, great call on Jeremy Chin there being your, your – uh, first selection in pick six so who's your second guy my second okay i'm gonna stick with the corners jalen johnson ding 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 another one for me great positional workout so i'll start with the timing and testing i will start before the uh, timing yes, and point. testing yep all right so before the timing and testing drills go underway the players are warming up they're stretching they're you know doing quick sprints just to get themselves loose and ready and there's a player don't know who it is who's just walking the length of the field with no shirt, no jersey on, and this guy is rocked up, and you're like, he is flashing it. He is coming out here to say, I'm putting on a show. I'm helping my draft stock. Just, just get out of the way and let me do this. Mama said if you got it, flaunt it. And you're just, wait, I'm like, all right, who is this guy, okay? <laughs> who is this guy? And he puts on the jersey, number 21, Jalen Johnson. All right, well, does a 4-5 in the 40, solid, yeah. okay? 36 and a half, very good. 10 4 broad. Okay. Shells all very good across the board. Good, above average, the whole nine. Yep. Then let's just get to the positional workouts. Okay. You know, just a fluid mover in the line drills. Okay. You know, made it look so easy when he was doing the back pedal. Uh, just going through my other notes here. The triangle drill, again, quick change of direction was very good. Uh, just top to bottom, consistent throughout. Uh, he's got the, the body, obviously. He's got the athleticism. Did a good job with the positional workouts. Just put all three together to put himself on the map here in Indianapolis. No, I, I thought Jalen Johnson was was really, really good, especially in the position work. Uh, really, really impressive. I was glad uh, that you brought him up. My second guy, I'm going to go back to the safety well, C-Mac. I'm going to go with Kyle Duggar, who, uh, very similar to Jeremy Chin, 6'1", 217. He's got huge hands. You've got a He's type. got vines for arms. He's got a great wingspan. He goes 449, which is a pretty solid time in the in the 40-yard dash, especially for a guy that's just about 220 pounds. Freak show numbers in the jumps, 134 inches in the broad, 42 inches on in the vert. 
great, great numbers. And I think that overall, when you're looking at who's who's a guy that helped himself, Jerry uh, uh, Kyle Duggar checked the box, right? And he was a guy that stood out at the Senior Bowl, stood out on film going back to his college career. He's got size. He's got durability. He's got character. Everything that you're looking for, Kyle Duggar keeps checking boxes, and I thought he checked the box. The positional workout I thought was okay. wasn't great. I thought he had a solid workout from a positional standpoint, but from the athletic testing, I thought Kyle Duggar really, really stood out. I totally agree, and this goes back to the buzz he started at the Mobile, where the draft starts, as uh, Jim Nagy likes to say, front of the podcast, uh, but really made a name for himself there. So everyone yep. wants to see how would the momentum continue. And he, like Jeremy Chin, when he went on the broad, everyone was over to watch. When it went to the vertical, his first rep, I don't know what his first one got, but it kind of seemed like oh, it was a little dull, like it wasn't so much of a wow. He does his second one. They tally up the total. I think he got 42 inches, if I'm correct. 42, yep. And everyone was going nuts among the DBs. Again, it, they just brought the juice in the stadium there for, for the final set of drills. So great call there uh, with Duggar being one of your uh, pick six selections. So my third, I'm going to go with the safety here. How about Miles Bryant? Great okay. pick. Timing and testing, not the best. Not okay? the best. Yep. That's a big thing. Okay. You're going to look at the timing and testing, and it's like n- nothing blazing and 40, nothing along those lines. Okay. But the positional workout, okay. The line drill where you have to flip your hips, just very fluid. Both reps was very, he very He was the good. best in the line drill of the safeties, I thought. The backpedal drill where you turn to find the football, their coaches were even reacting to how well he did, telling them nice job, good rep out there, uh, made plays on both both of his reps there. Um, backpedal when you do the you know the different angles, just nice execution when you have to turn on, on a dime quickly. He was able to do that just top to bottom, you know, just fluid was able to change direction quickly. Uh, the triangle drill, again, you know, tight uh, change of direction movements, was able to do it well while flipping his hips still and staying you know, under good body control. Just overall a very, very good positional, positional workout. And again, a player who I didn't know much go- about him going into it, which was great because this is a guy who I'm like, all right, now I got to go back and then learn more about Miles Bryant. Taylor Rapp told me about Miles Bryant last year here at the Combine. He was a guy, he raved about him from an off-field standpoint, couldn't say enough good things really? about him, uh, was really, really impressed with the young guy, Miles Bryant. So I was happy to see him come out here and have the performance he did. I think that most publications, whether it's a podcast, whether it's an article, we're talking about winners and losers from the weekend and who looked good in the DB workout, no, I don't think many shows, many articles are going to talk about Miles Bryant. And I think that he is very, very deserving uh, of that praise because I thought his positional workout was outstanding. I would say the same thing about my final guy, C-Mac, and that's Cam Dantzler, the corner from Mississippi State. Everyone's going to say, oh, he's a loser from the weekend. He ran 4 C-Mac, he ran 4-6-4. That's a bad number in the 40-yard dash. You're putting a 4 6 guy here. 188 pounds, ran a 4-6-4. His positional workout next to Henderson was the best, in my opinion, for the corners. I thought he was outstanding in the positional workout. Every drill, we're talking line drill, the 45-degree, the 90-degree turns, uh, whether it was the W drill, any drill that he was asked to do, he did it at a high level. You saw good pacing. You saw good pad level. You saw fluid movement. You saw easy, loose hips. You saw the ability to play on the ball. You saw the changes of speed. 
everything you wanted to see from Cam Dantzler in those drills, you got to see. So to me, Cam Dantzler, from a positional workout standpoint, one of the best guys. I know the 464 is going to worry some people. He's going to try and improve on that at his pro day. We'll see if he's able to do that. But uh, this was a guy I thought was really, really impressive seeing him go through drills up close in person. So uh, those are our six guys. The three corners that I thought were the best overall made it into the pick six. So I was glad that you picked uh, some of those guys that you did, C-Mac. Let's now put a ribbon on the rest of the coverage from the workouts with the defensive backs. It's time for Draft Buzz. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, C-Max, so let's uh, just quickly get into some of the things from the Combine Cheat Sheet. Uh, Workout Warrior, I picked C.J. Henderson. Nailed it. Congratulations. Uh, My off-the-radar was Javelin Guidry. Who Ooh. ran a four two nine in the forty yard dash? Blazing fast. That was all he did. All but right. uh, he ran the, the blazing forty. So I'll take the W there. What else I, you need to do? My stop. That? My stopwatch shocker was Cameron Dantzler, and he shocked for the wrong reasons with the four six four. But uh, I think overall, as we mentioned in the last segment, he was outstanding in the positional work. But uh, my guy that I picked for will kill the drills was Jeff Gladney. I thought he had a solid positional workout. He wasn't no. as good as some of these other guys, but I thought Gladney had a solid workout overall. But let's get into some of the other guys that we felt really stood out in these position drills. Obviously not as high as some of the guys we talked about in the previous segment. I know one guy you wanted to mention was Christian Fulton, oh, the player yeah. that has been in round one mocks, really going back to last spring. We were hoping to see him at the Senior Bowl Yep, and wasn't participant down there in Mobile, so it was great to see him on the turf here at Lucas Oil. Uh, you start with the line drills, fluid with his ability to flip the hips. Uh, with the backpedal drill, when he was turned at the 45-degree angle to go find the ball, I have just – Exclamation points for how well he did in, in that drill there. Uh, again, fluid backpedal and the t- when he had to turn on a 90-degree angle. Uh, was even good in the gauntlet. The triangle drill, quick change of direction, nice and smooth in that. Uh, so just overall, right for me, it was right there with C.J. Henderson in terms of the positional workout. So I thought he did a great job and uh, you know helping his draft stock here in Indianapolis. Yeah, and then one guy I thought you and I were both on the same page on was uh, Clemson corner A.J. Terrell. Uh, I think he's one of the more underrated corners in this class. I think, you know, the I've said this before on the show, that that national title game against LSU kind of left a sour taste in some people's mouths because he did give up some big plays in that game. But I think you look at A.J. Terrell, uh, this is a guy that has a lot of the physical tools you're looking for. He's competitive. He's long. He's explosive. Uh, he's got the ability to change, not just change direction, but uh, change speeds uh, in a linear fashion and do it at a in a really efficient way. I think you look at A.J. Terrell, he can play the ball in the air. A lot of things you really like, and I think we just got to see a lot of that on display today. Yeah, just going through his workout, positional workout right now, uh, thought he did a good job keeping body control. Uh, change of direction was very quick and fluid in being able to do that. Uh, the backpedal drills when you turn to the 45-degree angle to go find the ball, two good reps in that. Uh, was clean and strong with the ball in the gauntlet. Uh, triangle drill again good rep in there so just top to bottom you know was just checking off all the boxes again another another player another corner who I thought had an outstanding positional workout uh, put himself for me I know I think you talked about you had three guys from the cornerback group in like your top tier. That was my tier, yep. That was your tier. I had five in that, and uh, A.J. Terrell was one of the guys for me. Yeah, well, I thought Terrell was just on that, like, that tier right below. A guy that I thought was right next to him was Damon Arnett, the corner from Ohio State. And I thought uh, a couple things early on. He could have done a little bit better. 
After that, I thought he rebounded really well and did a lot of the things that you want to be able to see. You saw a loose change of direction. Uh, you saw the ability to finish at the catch point. Uh, they were harping on that on the field big time yeah. uh, in terms of you know creating turnovers, being able to finish for interceptions, and Arnett did that. Uh, competitive kid, finished the workout better than it started. Uh, you'd like to be able to see that for him to be able to finish strong. I, I liked what I saw from Damon Arnett on the field and position drills. And you know a couple other guys that I thought uh, kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, Sang Bassey, the corner from Wake Forest, oh, had yeah. a solid athletic workout, and I thought his position drills were really, really good. He was a guy that stood out to both of us. And then uh, John Reed, the corner from Penn State, I agree. Another guy that you know was really good in the line drill, was able to finish at the catch point for interceptions, uh, quick change of direction, loose hips, all those things that we've been talking about. But I thought John Reed. Kind of under the radar, and he had a really good position workout. The thing is, we saw him at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. And I thought he looked so much more athletic here in Indianapolis at the Combine than he did in Tampa St. Pete. Looked like an easy mover, great change of direction there. A uh, couple good reps when having to track the ball down in the 45-degree angle drill. Uh, I, a, lot of, a couple times it just made it look easy. That's the biggest yep. thing you want, just someone who goes out there and, you know, it looks like a breeze, but in fact, it's just moving very fluidly, very, very good athleticism. So overall, I thought a good workout. And again, we talked about this yesterday with Rob Windsor on the podcast. These Penn State guys just uh, yeah. turn out great combine workouts. And as saying Bassey, you mentioned John Reed. You know, We didn't quite see that level of movement at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, saying Bassey, I mean, he had, for all intents and purposes, had a rough week uh, in terms of one-on-ones and team yeah. drills down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he comes back, and he has a really strong combine. So uh, props to him for what he was able to put on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, from an athletic st- testing standpoint, we've talked about some of these guys that have already stood out. Uh, we've ta- just talk- got done talking about John Reed, uh, that 449 in the 40, solid number, especially for a guy that some people think is more of a slot corner, uh, 129 inches in the broad, just under 37 in the vert, good number. Great short shuttle with a 397, solid three cone with a 695. So across the board, John Reed checked a lot of boxes. And then uh, Jeffrey Akuda, uh, 448, solid number, uh, especially for a 205 pound corner. So uh, good number there for him from the long, steeds, long speed standpoint. And then Great jumps, 135 inches uh, in the broad, 41 in the vert. He left the positional workout. That's why we didn't really talk about Akuda yet. Was that he I'm left? Glad the you bring him workout, up here, yeah. Uh, just because he it was, looked like it was like a head or a neck injury. Um, you know, it was kind of uh, debated in terms of what it was. But left the positional workout, came back and had the jumps after the positional workout. So uh, you like the resiliency there, and the you know honestly the competitiveness. I think that kind of speaks to his character. If you're a top a team picking in the top five. I don't think there were any questions about that in terms of what his, you know, looking back at his background, but uh, that kind of speaks to that. Is this, this is a guy, for all intents and purposes, he could have shut it down. You know, and even Deion Sanders is yelling at him after he's walking off the field. He's, you know, he's being helped off the field after the injury. He's like, shut it down, big fella. You're going first. Like, don't, don't worry about it. He's like, yeah, I know the position workout's done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show him what I can do on the jumps. And he goes out and he jumps through, jumps through the gym. So uh, I think that speaks a lot to Jeffrey Akuda. How many players this week did not compete for choice? Uh, yeah. they, they announced it. All the players are not going to compete in the positional drills or the timing and testing drills. And it's medical exemption or choice, okay? And some of the choice are they're coming off an injury. They're just not in the proper shape that they need to be in at right. that point. And some guys are just like, look, I know I'm going high. There's nothing for me to do here. So I'll meet with teams for interviews, but I'm not working out anymore. Certainly kudos to them. Certainly can understand the situation. Okuda certainly would have understood if he wanted to go that route, but – you know, he just wanted to show he's a fire competitor, and that's just going to add a little bit something extra there. It's going to be another check mark yep. uh, for teams that are debating 
who to take. You know, once some of these quarterbacks and like Chase Young comes off come off the board, you know, you're looking at one of those first non-quarterbacks. Okuda is certainly helping his cause there. No question. I, I, well, we can move now uh, over to the safety spot. And I thought, um, you know, real quickly, we'll just go through the, the cheat sheet. Uh, the workout warrior was Kyle Duggar. I thought he uh, certainly more than held his own uh, in that arena. My stopwatch shocker was Jeremy Chin. We talked about both these guys already. We don't need to dive too much into their performances. Both of them uh, hit a home run in terms of what they were able to do from an athletic standpoint. My off the radar was Brian Cole the second. Battled an injury. Uh, worked with the cornerback group, even though uh, I, I had him listed as a safety and he played safety at Mississippi State. Um, did see a lot of slot corner work and some people obviously see him as a slot corner moving into the NFL. Ran a 4-5-2, an above average number uh, for a safety, so not quite to that level that I was expecting and then an injury uh, kind of hampered him through the rest of the workout. I thought Geno Stone would kill the drills. and He had some bad test scores. He didn't run well in the 40. Uh, the other drills he did were just okay, um, but when they got to the position work, did a pretty good job up until he got hurt. So he got hurt yeah. and had to leave the workout. So uh, that's the update there on Geno Stone. But now, mind you, you had to shift around some of your categories here because guys yeah. were dropping out at the last minute. No here, Grant so. Delpit, no Ashton Davis, no Brandon Jones. I had written about all three guys uh, in that area, so I had to do a little bit of late shifting there. But uh, we, we, made, we made it work. We, we, you know, was, look, I got Jeremy Chin and Kyle Duggar in there. I'll, I'll, take, the, uh, I'll take the W. Um, <laughs> Let's get to some guys that stood out to us in position drills. And one name that stood out to both of us was Graylin Arnold. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, the safety from Baylor. I have not studied him yet, um, but I thought that he looked really good from a movement standpoint in these drills. Was one of the guys that finished in that top tier of these safeties for me in terms of the overall positional workout. You know, if the first drill they do is a line where they're showing their ability to flip their hips and, you know, good reps in there. Then they're tracking the football, 45-degree angle. You know, did a great job, I thought, adjusting to the ball there. Uh, after the first ball, after the first rep, uh, he, I think, heard from the coach, because you, basically you almost are running blind you, until the coach says you can look for the ball, so it forces them to have to track it really quickly. Heard the coach a little too late on the first one, but they did a great job tracking the ball on the second one. Um, in the Terrell Austin drills, where you got to change the direction uh, real quick, Real sharply, had some nice cuts there, showed good change of direction. So just Tata Bomb, you know, he's also, again, the first person going through all these drills, really setting the tone. And a few times you're saying to yourself, he set the bar high for the rest of the guys to follow. Yeah, I, I thought overall, um, I, I thought Grenland Ireland was one of the more impressive safeties in attendance here uh, on Sunday. Did a really, really good job. And uh, another guy, and honestly, C-Mac, this guy outperformed what I thought he would do from, a, from an athletic standpoint. Uh, you know, just seeing in the, in the position work. Josh Medalist, the safety from Michigan, I thought he did a really good job. You know, not everything was perfect, but uh, I ended up writing down a lot of A's on every drill. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm going through and I'm like, man, uh, good rep there from Josh Medalist. Another good rep there from Josh Medalist. Really good job there from Josh Medalist. Uh, you saw a change of direction. You saw a really good, confident uh, hands in terms of, you know, him being able to make plays at the catch point. I thought his feet looked good. Got in and out of breaks really well. Everything I saw from Josh Medalist, I thought was really, really impressive. And then uh, another safety from the Big Ten I know you wanted to talk about as well was Antoine Winfield, another guy that uh, we'll talk about here in a little bit in terms of the athletic testing, but you, you liked what you saw in the positional Yeah, I know well. you wanted to kind of talk, talk about the timing and testing drills, but for me, someone who very rangy, good ball skills, has the bloodlines, checks a lot of boxes when it comes to the tape, but... I think the big question, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, was the athleticism, but in the positional drills, was just very good, 
very fluid, very confident in his ability to change directions, just solid from top to bottom. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other parts that really, really stood out, but uh, was clean catching the ball, even in the gauntlet drills, uh, the W drill, just, I just keep underlined good rep here, good rep here, just top to bottom. So he just looked the part. He looked like someone who has been a very, very good safety, a very good chess piece for the Minnesota defense, and he carried that over to the drills here today in Indianapolis. Yeah, I thought Antoine Winfield had a really strong workout. A couple other guys, C-Mac, that uh, I was impressed with, and it was kind of funny. I think that I think there was like six or seven names. I think it was seven names were like kind of like my here are the guys that I felt were the best safeties. Some of them were uh, a little bit higher than others, but of those seven, four of them I haven't studied yet. So this is really fun for me. Is that now you know I can go back and watch. Rodney Clemens from SMU. Mm -hmm. I can watch Jalen Hawkins from Cal. I can watch Graylin Arnold from Baylor. Uh, you know the, these guys that I hadn't seen yet. Now I can go back and uh, and be able to watch. You know how, how do these guys move? Miles Bryant from Washington. I haven't done yet. I haven't studied Miles Bryant yet on film. I kind of know a little bit about him uh, just from doing some background work. But watching these guys work out in person was really fun because uh, I I didn't really have any preconceived notions and. They all they all stood out to me. So really, really excited about uh, what I saw from that safety group. Rodney Clemens, uh, I thought, had a really solid workout. Jalen Hawkins as well, really, really solid across the board. We were all excited about Ashton Davis coming in. He would have been a, a yeah. really, really impressive guy to be able to watch in person, but I thought Hawkins kind of carried the torch pretty well uh, for his Cal teammate. Uh, I know you want to talk about another Big Ten safety as well in Jordan Fuller. Have you studied him? I have. Okay. I didn't expect that level of movement from him. You know, I have him as probably one of my top-tier guys from the safety positional workout. Uh, just underlined, just very good rep time after time, consistent throughout. Uh, I think he only had maybe one drop on the gauntlet, uh, but just very good in the showcasing the back pedal, ability to flip the hips, uh, just showcasing the movement skills, ability, body control uh, that's needed to really set himself apart in these safety positional workouts. Yeah, I thought Jordan Fuller had a, nice, a really solid workout. I, I didn't write down anything where I was like, man, like he looked great there. But I didn't write anything down where it's like, man, he looked limited, he looked stiff, he didn't look explosive. Like I, I thought overall just a really solid workout uh, from Jordan Fuller. All right, uh, we're going to wrap this up. A few more names here from an athletic testing standpoint. Uh, C-Mac, Lajarius Sneed, uh, it's a guy from LaTeX that I mm -hmm. studied uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was maybe uh, late last week, honestly. Um, it's, it seems like forever ago at this point because we've been in Indianapolis for eight days. But uh, Legarius Sneed from La Tech played uh, safety, pl played some quarters. I thought he was really good up at the line of scrimmage, playing against press coverage, against receivers and tight ends, kind of using his length. I did not see 4.37, 40-yard dash speed. Wow. Legarius Sneed went 4.37. And then we all talked about Kyle Duggar. We talked about Jeremy Chin, what they did in the jumps. He pretty much matched them. He went 131 in the broad, 41 in the vert. Whew. Outstanding numbers. Now, he's only 192 pounds. Those guys are up near 220, but uh, still outstanding numbers there from, from Lejarius Sneed. I thought that, that was really, really important for him as he continues to kind of put his name on the map. Uh, Kayvon Wallace, I thought, was really solid across the board. He ran 4.53, which for him, people questioned his speed. I questioned his speed. I didn't know what was his range going to be like. He ran 4.53, solid number, good three cones, 6.76. Above average short shuttle, 4.15. Very good uh, uh, jumps as well, 38 inches in the, in the vert, 133 in the broad. So when you look at the overall athletic workout for Kayvon Wallace, a guy that I have sung his praises uh, over and over, yeah. was that we had a, a listener say that he was the, the Jalen Jelks of this year's class. <laughs> I remember uh, that, Kay yep. Kayvon Wallace, to me, uh, had a really impressive workout from an athletic standpoint. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, you mentioned Antoine Winfield in, the, in that last block. I thought Winfield... 
look, that you would argue, man, maybe like Justin Jefferson's 40 time, maybe Tristan Wirfs with what he was able to do. The 40-yard dash time for Antoine Winfield, that 4-4-5, maybe one of the most singular important numbers for a player's uh, stock coming out of this week. And I think Antoine Winfield running that 4-4-5, people questioned his speed, they questioned his range. Maybe doesn't always look like he plays that way, but he put that number on film. That's 4-4-5 is stuck to Antoine Winfield now. That is on the card. So uh, that's going to be really, really important for him moving forward. And I thought he had above-average jumps as well. Then the other big name, C-Mac, from Clemson. You know, we talked about Isaiah Simmons yesterday. Uh, we talked about Kayvon Wallace. I think I know where you're going with ago. this. Tanner Muse works out with the safeties. I, I talked to him on Friday, and I said, hey, like, how are people, or, you know, what's the linebacker safety talk? Are people talking about you as a linebacker safety? He said, honestly, most teams are looking at me as a linebacker. And we talked a little bit about that. What does that mean for you? You know, are you, are you excited about that? And so and he, he is excited about that. He's embracing it. He works out with the safeties. If he had worked out, on Saturday with the linebackers, we would all be talking about Tanner Muse right now. 6'2", 231. He runs 441. That's a great number for a safety. That's an outstanding number for a linebacker. He goes 124 in the broad, 34 and a half in the vert, which are good numbers for safeties. They're great numbers for linebackers. It's uh look, Tanner Muse, to me, it kind of goes back to what we talked about with Chase Claypool. He mm-hmm. secured himself in that mid-round range, because now every team is going to look at Tanner Muse and say, great kid, great speed, can run downhill or run downfield and be a coverage player. He's a, uh, a high-effort guy. He's going to be a core four special teams player at the very least. Even if he doesn't become a starting linebacker or a starting strong safety, we feel like this guy's going to stick in the league. Tanner Muse earned himself money this week because now he is a lock. If he, if he had come out and run uh, you know, four six nine. Now it's up in the air. Okay, you know we're not sure. Does he run well enough? You go run four four one. You're running on kickoff week one in the NFL in 2020. He's he's going to be on somebody's uh, somebody's active roster. He's going to be in the, the final 53 and final game day roster. It just goes back to your point though. Maybe should he have done stuff with the linebackers just because it would have looked a lot better. I see. Like I get it with with some of these guys. It's like I want to I want to show that I can do those safety drills, but. If you're looking at the athletic testing numbers, and, I, and look, it doesn't matter anyway because all these teams are going to have you compared to the linebackers in their own system. Certainly. But I feel like it just the optics of it just look better if he was working out with the backers. If Caleb on Chasen is working out with the defensive linemen instead of working out with the linebackers, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it, it kind of helps those guys. But, um, you know, even like uh, Antonio Gibson, like Gibson's workout with the receivers was solid. Yeah. If he had done what he did on. Thursday, if he had done that on Friday with the backs, we'd all be talking about, oh, one of the top five winners of the week, one of the top seven winners of the week. Instead, it kind of, it's kind of flying under the radar a little bit, which some teams may be happy which about. Is, but, exactly, uh, yes. No, I, I think when you look at Tanner Muse, this was a guy that kind of solidified himself, certainly for the, the early to mid parts of day three when we get to April. What's so fun now is you got all this information as what are the teams going to do with it? It's going to be going back and which guys do we need to revisit? Which yep. you know, which you're going to start crunching the numbers and try to figure out some of those philosophical discussions. All right, we thought that maybe Taramus could be a linebacker, maybe he could be a safety. Well, you've got numbers to prove which way you want to go to help influence those decisions that much more. So it, it's it's really fun now 
the whole behind the scenes process of how the teams are going to utilize this to take take it to the next level and get their boards closer to draft weekend. Yeah, so we're we're going to take a couple of days ourselves and uh, just kind of take in all the we'll, we'll sleep in our own bed tomorrow night, which will be fun. But we're going to take all this information. We're going to come back Wednesday and we'll kind of go through the biggest combine winners who really Ooh. really help themselves most uh, when we get back together back at the Novacare Complex on Wednesday for the next episode. But the show's not over yet. We're going to close this out with Draft Mailbag. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag. All right, well, as always, before we start Draft Mailbag, the best way to support the show is to go onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to a couple people who left some good questions here over the last few days. Uh, the Daniel Silva uh, left a five-star review, said, Fran, huge Eagles fan all the way from Fresno, California. Love how you keep us connected year-round. Question on this year's draft, given the Eagles' needs. If Henry Ruggs... Grant Delpit or C.J. Henderson were available at 21. Who are you going with? So, uh, Daniel, we've we said before we weren't. It's tough for us to answer those kinds of questions, but we can say, C-Mac, we can talk about all these guys, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Henry Ruggs at, at 21 might be might be tough to envision not, at this not point. Likely. Yeah, I mean, not, uh, not tough likely. to envision at this point. Um, we'll see. I mean, look, you you also you never know because you know you never know in the NFL draft. But uh, with his speed, uh, obviously, can impact the game in a lot of different ways, not just on offense but on special teams, and do a lot of different things for you. Even when he doesn't have the football in his hands, he's able to help your offense. So uh, Henry Ruggs certainly a really intriguing talent. We didn't get to see Grant Delpit work out uh, up close and personal this week, but a really really impressive hybrid safety. He can do a lot of different things from a coverage standpoint. He can play in the post. He can play in the slot. He can play over the tight end. Really, really impressive coverage player. Can finish on the ball uh, at the catch point for turnovers. Was a turnover machine really over the last couple of years for the Tigers. So Grant Delpit, really, really impressive safety. And then CJ Henderson we talked about in this episode. Whew. I mean, I, to me... Um, I don't know if he's going to 21 either. So there was, I think it was, was it Albert Breer? It was somebody uh, said that he's a lock for the top 15 um, at this point. And I, I think when you look at Henderson... I've always – you can go back to the, the early fall, late summer. I've been praising this kid since the you know since I first watched him. Um, people have been knocking him for the tackling and stuff like that, and I, I get it. Like, you know, he's got some missed tackles on film, but you don't have guys that move like that and are that big and that long uh, very often. I mean, he's really, really impre- – he's a really impressive cover corner. Um, so, uh, yeah, all three of those guys – Great, great players that you'd love to be able to get at 21. I could also envision all three of those guys being gone by pick 16. Like of they're, they're they're very, very good good players. Um, second question here from Shane B 11 8 five star review. I guess that's Shane B one eighteen. I don't know why I said eleven eight, but uh, five star review. If you're the Eagles, how aggressive would you be to go after Henry Ruggs? We're gonna get a lot of Henry Ruggs questions, as I said over the last few weeks. We're gonna continue to get those. Um, I've been hearing potential top 10 buzz around him. Yeah, I, that's. It's possible. It's possible. Look uh, at John Ross. So yeah, I've been hearing potential top ten buzz around him, and I think I would do whatever it takes to go and get him. Or do you think we could find someone else with enough speed later in the draft with how deep this wide receiver class is? Speed is the Eagles' number one need, in my opinion. So uh, that's the question from Shane. Look, I mean, trading up. Look, the Eagles uh, hopefully will have ten picks. We'll see what happens when the compens- the uh, compensatory picks are officially announced. Um, hopefully, they have got ten picks uh, in this draft. You'd like to be able to come away with a good amount of players because remember they've only had ten picks over the last two years combined. So you'd like to be big able, factor. Yeah, that, you'd, that you'd really like to be able to have. It. So if you if you do trade up, obviously they've got ammo to trade up, and they can if they want to. 
but you still want you're going to have to recoup those in some way later because you do want to continue to influx this roster with some youth. So um, look, there's I will say if this was a CMAC, if this was like a two receiver draft where it was like, man, you got to get this guy. That'd be one thing, but I, th- I do think that there are really good options elsewhere as well. Um, you know, the guys that offer some speed and some guys that are great receivers that don't have four two, four three, or low four three speed. Um, you know, we've talked about a number of these guys. Whether uh, it is a Justin Jefferson, whether it is a CD Lamb, whether it is uh, you know Brandon Ayuk, you know all these guys. And you know, KJ Hamler is a great He's in speed that conversation. Threat. Uh, Jalen Rieger, I know he didn't test like it, but on film, a speed threat. So. It's it's a really really good receiving class, and there are a lot of options. So uh, I don't think you're wrong in whatever your opinion is. If you feel like oh the Eagles need to go and trade up, or if you feel like uh, you know what don't force the issue, uh, kind of let the draft come to you, and and you know do what's best for the Eagles at that point. I don't think that there's any wrong opinion in that scenario, but there's certainly discussions that every team, not just the Eagles, but every team is going to have throughout the course of this process. Because here's what happens now, guys, is that uh, over the next few weeks leading up to April, this is the the last big event, right? Now it's going to be, you've got pro days and the top 30 visits are going to happen. Over the next few, we've got a couple of months after free agency, personnel departments all get together in a room and they play out all of these scenarios. Okay, so, hey, the uh, you know the, the Raiders select this person, the Cowboys select this guy. Uh, here's who's on the board for us. Now what? Okay, now we have this trade scenario. Do we want to move up? Do we, and you're talking with all these teams. You're trying to set up, hey, uh, you're trying to gauge what value is to move up, to move down. You're trying to get all of that stuff prepared. So then that by, by the time you get to late April, now it's just, okay, we, we let this come. We know what all the possible scenarios are. Now we can go. So that's all the preparation that's going to be happening over the course uh, of the next couple of months. It's going to be a fun process. Hope you're joining us here every single week on the Journey of the Draft podcast driven by AAA. We'll hope to take you there all the way through the end of April and beyond. So for Chris McPherson, thank you so much to Charles Davis as well. We're done here in Indianapolis, C-Mac. It's a little bit of a bittersweet moment, uh, but always fun coming here uh, to Indianapolis. Thanks so much to you guys for listening at home. Thanks to C-Mac. Thanks to Peter Kelly. This was a grind this week. Uh, really happy that we could bring you daily shows. Excited to get back into the normal swing of things back at home in Philly. But uh, we'll see you in a couple days here on the Journey of the Draft podcast, driven by AAA.